This is the Courier Talking Football. We've taken a wee holiday, we've taken a wee summer break. Jim Spence needs to be fully rested and recuperated <laughs> for a new season, so we've given him a few weeks off and it's just myself and Jim that are here for the first episode of the new season and much to talk over, Jim. I remember all those all those months I used to wind you up about uh, about Dundee United qualifying for Europe and you know all the sombreros and all the rest of it. And here we are, they're about to they're about to start against a a proper European name, one we've all heard of, is it Altmar? We haven't had to go googling and, and find, you know, trawling through Europe and all the rest of it. But uh, a proper Europe, two proper European teams, we have to say, two two teams with pedigree. There'll be people who will be listening to this uh, this podcast after the first leg, but it's listen, it's an absolute, it's a mouthwatering tie, a sold out Tannadice, all the rest of it. Hopefully, the sun's shining. You'll be there, Jim, I dare say. Uh, absolutely, Eric. Unless, I mean, you know, I talked about recuperation. I fell off my motorbike last night, so I've, I've done my back in. But uh, oh. no, no, I will be. I will not be watching on Kunsol Tele. I will hobble along to Tannadice to the press box to watch it. No, I mean, I think I think you used the expression there, mouth-watering, and I think that's right. I mean, they are, yeah, Altmar are not a giant of European football, but they are a, an established club with pedigree. And pretty much anything that comes at Eri Devies is, 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 you know, is quality. Uh, we know, you know, that, that mm-hmm. kind of, you know, Dutch football for many, many, many decades has been absolutely top drawer, you know. So um, it'll be a very uh, tough game uh, tonight for United. I mean, I did see suggestions that Altmar had a bit of a playing crisis, you know, a good few players missing. But I mean, I would imagine they've got a squad that um, is more than capable of handling a, a, a few missing. So it's a really tough test for United. What you have to hope is that only you know? Is that they don't do a motherwell and go at the very, very first time of asking? Because mm-hmm. I think it's important, given the money that you know Dundee United are spending at the moment. Because Mark Hogan is backing this club phenomenally well. Um, given the money that's going into you know signing new players and wages and all the rest of it, they could do with a run in Europe. Because once you get a, a wee run going, um, even at this this level, you can start to make substantial funds. It's not like a number mm-hmm. of years ago, you know, things have been rejigged. A number of years ago, you went into the first round and it was a, a real hammer blow. Even if you went on a wee bit, it was a hammer blow. Now you can kind of make money at it. So there's the footballing aspect of it, just a great night at Tannadice, recreating some of the great kind of European nights. But also there's the financial aspect, which is important as well, I think. Well, I think you hitting the, you hitting the, the sort of crux of it and, you know, because people, some people will be listening to this after the first leg's been played. So we're, we're not going to get into the, the sort of the head-to-heads and all that sort of thing. I think it's the bigger picture we're, we're more concerned about. And that's very true what you said, Jim, because this time last year we were doing podcasts and St. Johnson were calling it the biggest game in the club's history. And it wasn't because, you know, they were about to, to go in and win the Europa League or, you know, no no qualifier for a, a European competition is ever going to be bigger in a football sense than winning winning cup finals. I mean, that's just, that's just, that's, they're, they're facts. But in pure monetary terms, it was the biggest game that St. Johnson had played if they could have got into group stage, which is, and United are, as you say, they've got, they've got bills to pay back and they've had a very, you know, I think on the face of it, we'll wait and see how it turns out. But I think most people are saying they've had a very good transfer window. They've certainly had a... They've certainly had a transfer window when they've spent money. That much we can say, can't we? Well, I mean, I think, um, you know, 
It's this is an intriguing one because you know, but Tony Asgard, who, who we've had on the program previously, you know, uh, but big big Tony's attracted the ire of a, more than a few United fans, you know. Um, but I think you know, you start to see things really. I hesitate to say falling into place because they fell into place, you know, some time ago. I mean, a fourth finish last season, given where United were a couple of seasons ago, is really terrific stuff. I think the truth of the matter is, you know, that the signings that you've made, and the latest that United have made, and the latest one, Jamie McGrath, really I think points to the club's ambition and the way and the way that you know their scouting network works, the way their contacts book um, has come to the fore, and also the fact that you know you have an owner in Mark Ogren who is prepared to. Um, you know, to back the club. I mean, I'm sure there'll come a day where, when we've got to be more critical of Mark Ogren, but the truth of the matter is you, you, you can't criticise when there's very little to criticise. And, and you know, uh, as an American owner, Eric, you know, I, I think there's no doubt that uh, Mark Ogren has really backed the club very, very well indeed. Um, but it would be nice to see him getting something back as a return. Because that, that, of course, was one of the things that he was, um, he was prom- well, not promised, but that was one of the things that they were looking for, European football. Mm-hmm. I think quiet. I think Dundee United have quietly established themselves in a sort of. I don't know if they're quite up with hearts, but I think Dundee United, with their transfer business and what they did last season, Jim, have quietly just sort of under the radar established themselves above the pack, haven't they? Above the sort of you know the that traditional pack who you would think would be you know, top six aspirations, potentially, you know, if, if you get a good year, you get the last European place, but always thinking mm, we could have a relegation battle. I think I think United have now elevated themselves above that. Would you agree, Jim? I think maybe, I think, I think they're kind of on a, almost on a par with Aberdeen now, the way, the way the clubs are sitting in terms of spends and all the rest of it. Yeah, I mean, I, th- I think, I mean, it, it certainly elevated themselves in terms of, um, you know, uh, reaching Europe. Uh, but, 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 you know, but, but that said, you know, United are, are, are the, the fourth most successful side in, in Scottish football in terms of Europe. You know, you, you know, you obviously have the, the Glasgow pair and then you have the Dons and then you have United, you know, who, whose European appearance record exceeds that of even Hearts uh, and Hibs. And um, what, what, what I find intriguing, and I noticed they, they, they appointed their well. They appointed their new chief executive this week, who'd previously been at the club. But what what what, what strikes uh-huh. me is is that there's, there's an infrastructure at Tannadice now, which almost looks you know traditionally um, much bigger than, than than the size of the club. Now you know you could look uh-huh. at that and think. Why are they spending all this money? This is um, there's there's too much being spent here. Do we really need all this? But the truth of the matter is, I think there's a lot there's of people, people at Tannadice, isn't there? But, you, but the other argument you can make is that this is a club that's being built with an eye to the future, to actually growing itself. You know, to to, to growing even further. I mean, you know, what, what are the limits for United? Well, we're going to see that tonight Tannadice is, is is. I mean, I don't know if it's completely sold out yet. Mm-hmm. But, you know, the capacity of Tannadice is around about the fourteen thousand mark. I mean, the, 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 if they get close to that, that's indicative of the potential that Dundee United have. Jim, I think uh, fans don't fans don't care about the the stuff behind the scenes in terms of signings. They just want players in. They have their they have their sort of idea about where you know where the club should be pitching itself in terms of uh, in terms of signings. And I think I would be I think ninety nine percent. Listen. Let's not put numbers on it, but I think it seems that they are all pretty happy with United's business and the sort of calibre of player they're getting in, you know, Levitz, 
now McGrath, as you mentioned, Fletcher, these sort of guys, a couple a couple of Aussies who seem to have good pedigree. You know, you look at Glenn Middleton, maybe, you know, didn't have a great season with St. Johnson, that sort of thing. Sibold, maybe not quite so, so eye-catching. But on the whole, I think they're absolutely pleased with where United are at with those signings. But we like to, we like to, we're more concerned and like to delve a wee bit deeper and, and think about, you know, we look at dynamics, don't mm-hmm. we, between particularly when a new manager's in the door and, and, you know, the way United have been run in the past, Tony Ashgar, sporting director, and the dynamic with him and and uh, Tam Quartz was, was, was a topic, as it was with Robbie Nielsen before that, because obviously he left, Mickey Mellon the same. So we kind of look at them, we think, are we wrong to think, oh, Whose signing was that? Was that the managers or was that the sporting directors? Do you look at it the same way? And if you do, when you look to scan down that list, where do you think the balance lies or is it somewhere in between? That, that's something I think that will become apparent in the, you know, in the greater scheme of things in, in, into the future. Eric, we don't know. I mean, you know, the, the role of a sporting director um, is is still, I think, one that, that you know, many of us in Scotland are quite unsure of. And and that's that's because by and large, outside of probably Celtic Rangers, none of our clubs have seemed traditionally big enough to actually um, occupy someone in that role. But but in in you know in today's football it's 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 a well trodden route throughout the rest of the game, you know. Um so you know, depending on the experience of the manager, depending on the maturity of the manager, and then Jack Ross, you've got a guy who's an experienced, mature hand. He's not. He's not a kind of. You know, he's not a young. I mean, he, he's not Tom Courts. Tom was a younger guy who'd come from a different kind of pedigree of football. I don't mean that in any insulting way because he'd done a, a terrific job. Um, but the relationship, my, my suspicion would be the relationship between Jack and, and Tony would be um, on much more of an even keel much more of an even footing. The sporting director, you know, will have all his contacts, he'll have his, his book, he'll have kind of, you know, um, his views on, uh, you know, the kind of players that should be bringing to the club, what they can afford and all the rest of it. But also you've got a very, very experienced manager in there now who, who will also have a great contacts, but who will also, um, you know, have, have his kind of views on the kind of player they want to bring. And as in all things in life, you know, it'll be no, no different from having a morning in journalism where you decide what you know what the top line is going to be from a story or what the you know what story you, you're going to give most resources to that day and, and where they'll come in the pecking order. Um, it'll be the same. You'll you'll you know you'll kind of throw these balls up in the air and see which comes down when it comes to signings, uh, who you fancy and and you know I, I would doubt very much if you got a situation where um, where one man will superimpose his will on the other. I mean, I think that's the the nature of it. But I would still imagine, mm-hmm. I would still imagine that when push comes to shove, that um, the manager would have to have final call on it on any signings. You know, um, because he has to coach them and he has to manage them. And um, mm-hmm. I, I, I would imagine we don't think Tam Course did. No, well, though, do no, we? that, that's. I mean, I I mean that, that was talk, that was yeah, the that was always the suspicion. Maybe you know we we cannot prove that. That was always the suspicion. But that comes down again to I, I, I wouldn't use the word caliber because you know Tam did a fine job, but I, I think you have a different kind of. Seniority. Yeah, yeah. You, have, you have a different Seniority. type of manager yeah. in there. You've got a man who's kind of operated at very, very high levels, you know. Um, you know, it's man at Hibernian, um, at Sunderland as well. So, you know, he's a man who very much knows his own mind, who um, is, is, is well respected, well known in the game. Uh, and we'll know pretty much exactly what he wants. He's also he's also not a panic merchant. You know, I think we've seen that with his signings. He's prepared to kind of wait um, and, and, and get the right man. And the nature of these things, you know, a sporting director will come and say, listen, I think we can get X 
and the manager will say, don't fancy him, or yeah, that's a prospect, let's see what we can do on I mean, it's, it's, that's the nature of it. It's a kind of, it'll be a mature relationship. I'm sure there'll be falling outs, and, and it's not in any walk of life, you know. I mean, you know, I mean, certainly when I was at the BBC and a producer would decide one way to do something, and I thought it might work a better way. You would have your disagreements, but you would you would discuss, you would argue the, the toss, and sometimes you'd win that toss, sometimes you would lose that, you know. Um, so, I mean, I think it'll be a, a, a different type of relationship. The dynamic of that relationship, I think, will be different from uh, the way it was with, with Tam Courts. And, and that's indicative, I think, of the direction that United are moving in there. You know, there's a lot of resources being spent at the club. Almost They almost look as though you've got kind of more resources, more staff, um, than the, the size of a club traditionally would, would need. But that, I think, is indicative of the fact that they're trying to grow, grow the club and they're trying to uh, make the club mm-hmm. bigger than than it has been uh, traditionally. And, and, and I think that's a good thing. Before we move away from United, how do you view this Europe in terms of Jack Ross and how he can take Dundee United to the next level? Because I, 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 I think he's, you know... I think he's got a very, very hard job in in actually taking the club, taking the team on rather than saying taking the club on, because you can you could you can you could look at sort of this behind the scenes stuff and see the club growing. But I'm talking in terms of Jack Ross's his CV, his career advancement, if you like, how he leaves Dundee United whenever that is, and says, "Look, I have mm. imp- I have I've done better than the man that came before me," yeah. which is what what every manager wants to, wants to do, and I think. Europe is absolutely crucial to Jack Ross because remember back to Tommy Wright when he took over from Steve Lomas. Now, you know, Saints have now been on this decade and a bit long run of success. When Tommy Wright took over Steve Lomas, I think Steve Lomas had taken them to, you know, a highest highest league place and then goodness knows how long. But Tommy Wright had his first games against Rosenberg and after winning that, that tie and that famous second leg, in Perth, all of a sudden, he had already done something that his predecessor hadn't done, and he'd taken mm-hmm. it to he'd taken it to a new level, and then off off they went, and of course they they won the Scottish Cup, etc., yeah. etc. Et Jack Ross, he's going to do well to improve on fourth in the league, isn't he? Yeah. Um, yes, the domestic the domestic cups offer up an opportunity, but this is an incredible opportunity if he gets past is is it Alkmaar. He can already say, like, there you go. This is what you get when you mm-hmm. hire me. No, I, I think, um, I mean, I've said that previously. I've said that in the kind of, um, you know, my career column. It's going to be very hard to um, improve on what was done by Tam Courts last season and, and, and reaching fourth because, you know, you, you, you've got the, the traditional kind of, I mean, you know, you've got the traditional big clubs like Harks, Hart, Hibs in Aberdeen, not so much Hearts. Hearts were third. And, you know, m- my tendency was to think Hearts would be third again this season, Eric. But, you know, Looking at what the signings that United have made, these are very impressive signings, and and I'm actually now starting to wonder whether I was just a wee bit too kind of um, too calm in my my suggestion that United might you know would do well to improve on that. I mean, you know, Fletcher and up front there, walking away with Tony Watt. Kujo's getting a great name, um, you know, in terms of potential. Sybold, I think, is, is a good player. He's a good kind of solid, um, hard-working midfield. Levitt brings that kind of quality to the ranks, you know. You've got the Mulgrew-Edwards partnership at the back of the bench. I mean, you know, you look at young Graham, who made a tremendous impact last year on the bench. Niskanen as well. Nicky Clark's still there on the bench. Um, Middleton coming in. United are starting to assemble a pretty strong squad. What I think they're starting to assemble is a mature squad as well. A, a squad with a bit of kind of maturity and depth about them as well. So, you're looking 
looking for the kind of the team to grow, the club to grow as well. And to some extent, that goes beyond individuals. You know, whether, I mean, Jack's just in the door, so we're not hurrying him out already, you know, but I mean, I know what you mean. Mm. I mean, you know, I, I would still think that, you know, he has big ambitions and, and those ambitions, I think, bluntly any Scottish manager has are probably head back south of the border again in two or three seasons time now if he does if he does really yeah. well in European football what or the national or, or team the national, that's right once again you know if you do well in the European arena people look because that, that's the one where you can really test yourself you test yourself obviously domestically but if you can test yourself and come through that test in the European arena then I think um, that really makes other people sit up and uh, and notice. Um, so it, it, this this is a you know this is a very very big test tonight for Jack. It's a big test for the club. It's a big test for the sporting director. A big test for the owner as well. Um, against you know a side with with kind of real pedigree. Um, and and I think that the rewards to be had out of that are, are tremendous for for everyone if if they can get through these these two legs. Right, Saints then, Jim. They don't have European football this season. That that much, mm. <laughs> that much we do know. They had, a, they had a, you know, one of those League Cup group campaigns. That well, Tommy Wright had one of them. Yeah. You know, Saints Saints had that. It's a testament to how they've done in recent years that they haven't had that many League Cup group campaigns because uh, because they've often been the ones in in Europe and the season they won the the, the Betfred as it was then. It was it was a it was the COVID year so. The season was up and running when, when those group games kicked in. I'd had did the the league opener against Hibs and listen, I don't. That was, I think Hibs. I think people people because Hibs have a bit of a reputation of you know not quite having a cutting edge and possibly even being a wee bit flaky at the back. You know, people overlook the fact that they're very very good at keeping the ball and passing the ball around and in that regard they're mm-hmm. one of the top teams in the country and they they did they did show Saints up in terms of Saints didn't didn't get close enough to them and then Saints just didn't they didn't get the ball into they didn't create much either you know they didn't get up the pitch you know the the big lad Theo Bear just didn't link up as as you would have expected a Chris Kane would have done in a game like that uh, to get carries and Murphys into positions where they could, they could hurt Hibs. But having said that, I thought they were. I thought I'm not going to use the word cruising, but I thought they were. I thought they were heading to a no no. They actually they did very. They did much better than I thought they would do defensively, given it was a totally new look back three. In fact, it was a, one of the, one of the eye catching stats from the game. Jim was that there was nine. There were nine players who were starting mm-hmm. their first Premiership games. Uh, for St Johnson, one of them being Theo Bear, who who didn't start one one last season, so that's the sort of the background there. You know those those that are sort of uh, glass half empty, and you know you could say there's an increasing amount of them. We'll, we'll say it's a continuation of a theme from last season. Myself, I just I do think they've got I do think they got the transfer business a wee bit back to front because. Listen, you can't. You, you, sometimes you, 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 there are certain signings that are harder than others, but the two priority positions were a centre midfield, a midfield fielder in the Murray Davidson mould, and a striker. And they haven't got those two now. You can say, well, sometimes the, you can't. Sometimes you can't choose the order in which you make the signings. You know, you have to get <laughs> yeah. them when they become available. But there's no, there's no getting away from it that this St. Johnson team isn't ready until. It has those two. It has those two players. So they are now sorting it, sorting it out on the move, and that's that's not ideal, is it, Jim? Well, I mean, you know, they've been 
criticising the past saints for, for not getting business done early enough and all the rest of it. But, but, but the truth is that, you know, given their, their, you know, their past record, it was being very hard to criticise saints, the work that was done under, under most managers, frankly, you know, you know, I mean, we'll go back to Tommy Wright and, uh, you know, uh, by and large, you know, the, 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 the wonderful job that, that Callum did in winning two cups, but, you know, you become yesterday's man and yesterday's team very quickly in football, Eric. We've seen it a hundred times, you know. Um, so I think what you have to, to do is you can, you know, it's just as in football, you can only beat the team that's in front of you. Uh, similarly, we sign this. You can only sign people, A, if they want to come and B, if you, you know, you, you can, uh, you get in there b- b- before other clubs and someone wants to come to you. Um, but I think you, you have to try and consolidate on the key positions and the key position that Saints I think needed you're right they needed you know kind of they needed a certain type of midfielder um, but what they really needed is somebody that can stick the ball in the net uh, and they're still they're still needing that they're still looking for that now I know that they've got um, you know uh, they're casting their eye over various kind of prospects at the moment but they need someone who I think is a, a proven goal scorer, but then who doesn't? You know who doesn't? Didn't help, by the way, as we know that they played mm. for what was it thirty-two minutes on on Saturday against Hibs with ten men yeah. after Murray got himself. I mean, I'm a, I'm a Murray fan, you know, um, but he got himself sent off kind of um, rather foolishly on 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 Saturday, and so that you know that immediately makes things tough. And the fact that they they you know they they, they blew what, what looked to me like a kind of almost like a Sunday league goal, the way they lost that goal right at the death. You know, probably when legs were tired, minds were tired and all the rest of it. So, I mean, you know, I mean, I I like the look of a lot of things there. I mean, I I like the look of, um, you know, uh, uh, Kerry. I like the look um, of of, of Wright being Mm -hmm. in there. I'm the same. I see see a lot of good things that, that they've done, but... I like Andy. I like Considine as well. I think Andy's, you know, Andy's got a lot of experience. Yeah. Um, a, a lot of experience. He's the quickest in the world. No, but he's got loads of experience. Good in the dressing room. Good in the training ground. Good in the pitch as well. You know, so that you know, there's that. Um, you look at the bench as well. You know, me and O'Halloran on the bench. Cammy Ballantyne, I kind of wonder about as well. I, I you know. I, I've liked him any time I've seen him. Kind of wonder if he can kind of make an imp- uh, an impression there. But I think Saints still need, um, you know, they need a wee bit more depth. I think, yeah, but they definitely need a striker. And somewhere along the line, they're going to have to pull that, you know, that rabbit out of the hat um, to to well, not to improve. I mean, they can only hopefully improve on last season because, you know, the way they got this, themselves sucked into that relegation battle was grim. And that's why you're hoping for a good start. And, and, and Saturday wasn't a good start. You know, I mean, given the tightness of, of, of this league and our league traditionally, outside of the top two, where we know that anyone can beat anyone, that, that's a fact of life. We know that. You're hoping for a good start. A, a good start might be kind of, I don't know, from the first five or six games might be, you know, two wins, two draws, or, or three wins, two draws, or three draws, two, something like that. I don't know, but you don't want to get off the defeat in your very first game, you know, particularly against the Hibs side that struggled um, last season. And, and so right away, there's a kind of, there's a black mark, if you want, against them. And, and I think they need to redouble mm-hmm. their efforts, definitely, to, you know, to, to have more creativity, I think, for one thing, uh, in the midfield. But they need someone up top that they can find who can put the ball in the net on a regular basis. No, I think it's a very, very, very big game on on Saturday against Motherwell because they've got they've got some on paper tough fixtures coming up after mm-hmm. after that one, and then the last thing you they need is a is a you know 
three or four, possibly even worse games on the board, and they've not got not got a win. Or you know, it's yeah. It, they, although it's not an extension of last season, they just need to avoid. They just they really need to they need to change the the background music on this one. And I, I do think a lot of the work that they've done in the summer is good. Um, but it, it's gonna get it's gonna get undone if they don't get these last two right. Hopefully the the trialist they had they've had mm-hmm. up from from down south, Daniel Phillips. He could he from all of from the people that have spoken about him from people who've watched him train and play in the bounce game. You know he 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 looks as if he could be the real deal. That would solve one. Um, but yeah, how often does it how often does it come down to this for uh, for teams saying? It's all about the number mm-hmm. nine, isn't it? You know, and it's well, it's just it's just a fact, isn't it? That, that the reason the reason it'll be the last one is that it's because it's the hardest. It just always always works well, out that it, way, doesn't it? It, it is. I mean, th- there are look, every position in the park is key. We know that, but I think there are some that that are you know that are much more locked in than others. I mean, your last line of defence, I think, is always hugely important. And Saints, you know, Saints had one. <laughs> Whether they've replaced that, that you know, the jury will be out undoubtedly. You know, to replace Big Zander um, takes uh, will take some doing. He looks yeah, fine. No, no. I, I mean, think, I think I think certainly wouldn't make any, any early judgment. You know, but but almost almost more importantly, you know, you, you need to keep them out of one end, but you need to put them in at the other. Now, the problem is, you know, um, and I hesitate to use the phrase in the modern game, but in the modern game, you know, um, you need someone who can stick the ball in the net. Whether whether it's the type of, kind of, the old, the old, you know, you know, those listening of an older generation will remember a Joey Harper, for instance, at Aberdeen, who was, you know, about five foot seven, pretty rotund, uh, but had that wonderful ability just to poach goals in the box. You could come on a sixpence, put it away from anywhere in the box, usually six or eight yards. Or you need somebody who's got that kind of physical presence that can take the high ones, you know, uh, that can power through people, can blast the ball, whatever. You need somebody that just has that goal knack. And, and, and Saints at the moment don't have it. They're looking for it. Their problem is so is everyone else. And so are lots of club like Saints who pay decent wages but don't break the bank. Um, and and, and yeah. that's what because you will get you, what you pay for. Um, and at the moment, you know, I'm not saying they're scrabbling about because there's a bit left in the transfer window. But um, much of the good stuff has already been snapped up in the sales, so to speak. You know, um, so they're not quite looking for kind of yeah. you know bar- bargain kind of basement stuff or or or, or kind of cut ends, you know, or end of lines. But they're looking now at a market which is shrinking in terms of those who can do uh, a job for them. And I would imagine that, that, you know, mainly the market they're looking at is south of the border. Yeah, I would think so too. I mean, listen, that's why Saturday is so important because I don't think I'd be, I'd be surprised if St. Johnson have a new striker in time for there. So if they could just get a win just to just to take the heat off of you and giving themselves a wee bit of breathing space. I think, ironically, the type of striker they need, and there isn't a chance they're going to... Was, he, was he was an incredibly big disappointment i don't think for the want to try and i just think it's it's done it's gone for them they need a nadia yeah, yeah. type you know some somebody mm-hmm. that can you know bring them up the pitch and and offer you know give the gives you both sides of bringing you up the pitch and do the thing in the penalty box but there you go he certainly won't certainly won't be revisiting that one because he was he was i'm not going to say a disaster but uh, 
because Saints stayed up, you know, but he, he was, it was pretty close to it, you know. It was, had Saints gone down, the Chiffchi gamble would have been would have been looked upon as one of the one of the sort of one of those factors the, in the, the post mortem. It's just a guy a guy that whose races run. Yeah, at but that, that, level. there's the problem, Eric. I mean, on the face of it, you know, I mean, and look, we're all guilty of this. We look at a player and we think, whoa, you know, and you think of his qualities and you examine his qualities and you think of what he's done and what he's done. Uh, and 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 Chiefy had done done much of that. Chiefy was the kind of player you've just mm-hmm. described. The problem was, did he still have it? You know, a, a manager is always taking a gamble when, you know, when you've had a guy like yeah, Ned. Lee, Griff- yeah, Lee Griffiths, you, we said when that. When you look at guys that have been about the block, or, you know, they have played, um, they played elsewhere and have numbers of clubs and all the rest of it. You think to yourself, is it still there? You're taking a gamble. You bring them in sometimes in training, they look terrific. I mean, you know, how many great training players training ground players have there been they get on the pitch on a Saturday they don't handle the crowd well they, you know they, they take huffs they, they you know 101 things go wrong and, and quite quickly you start to realise they're not the player that you thought they were or you're, they're not the player that they once were um, and that's always a massive that's always a massive yeah. uh, problem and I think that's kind of the issue that Saints and others who are looking for strikers um, or any position but given that the striker is ultimately what Saints really need to score goals that's the danger now you're looking at guys you know you're looking I think now at two kind of different types of players and you're looking at maybe younger guys coming in and you're thinking he, he's got something about him could he be the, yeah. could he could, could he be the player he's maybe not got the experience we need but you know he strikes a ball well he gets himself in positions he just times his runs well you know he's got a physical presence or you go for the guy that, that maybe has shown these things in the past like Ichi and then you discover quite quickly having given him a contract uh, and used up a chunk of your wage budget, maybe all of it, um, that he just he doesn't have it or, or, he, or he doesn't have the enthusiasm or the love for the game anymore because I, I think that happens as well. And that seems to have been what happened with Chief G. Oh, listen, every club mm. has stories to tell about them. And I, I, remember, I remember Steve Lomas, he talked about blowing budgets. I think it was, he blew his on, uh, on yeah. Craig Beatty. <laughs> and it was just another guy that you looked at, you thought, it, this is this should mm-hmm. work out, you know. You can see absolutely see the logic and why he signed them, but it didn't. I think it must have. And Steve was, uh, I think I'm not telling tales out of school. I think Steve was worried about thinking what you know what have I done just when he when mm-hmm. he saw how it panned out. You know, yeah. you just it's it's that's that's the gamble you take, particularly particularly with strikers. But I said I think uh, moving swiftly <laughs> on to Dundee. Dundee might have a wee they might have a wee striker issue of, of their own. I mean Dundee. This, it was classic Dundee, mm. wasn't it? You know, we we should have seen this. In hindsight, we should have seen this coming, shouldn't we? You know, absolutely have a great preseason, new manager, you know, blowing away everybody in their in their uh, in their League Cup group. WWW, yeah. all these everything's great. Home to Park Thistle and the one game that mattered. Let's face it, you know, one win and one league win was probably more important than going. Th- you know, four in the group in the bit in the Premier Sports Cup, and there they are, three 0 down to Partick Thistle. You know, it's it's incredibly Dundee, that isn't it, Jim? Well, that, that, that's I mean, that's that's the brutality of of, of all. I mean, you know, the, the, a great start, I and mean, Gary Boyer made a great start to the season. And you look, and, and this is the nature of football. You think, wow, <clears throat> have they finally kind of got the you know the, the kind of key to unlock the. The, the door back to the Premiership here and before you find where you are Fitzpatrick, Lawless, McKinnon have put, 
put them at death's door, you know, three down after 50 minutes. Um, fair play to them, come back with Cammy Kelly and, and Tyler French, uh, you know, five minutes from time. But by then, you've left it very, very late. It's a tall order. And to lose three at home in your first league game just takes so much of the air out of the mm-hmm. ball for the supporters' hopes, you know. And a good crowd, 5,500 at Dens on, uh, on Saturday, you know. So, that that that's an enormous blow, and and you know going into that right away, you know the manager is obviously entitled to think, I'm, you know, I've got a decent side here, albeit you know you've been up against what some would say weaker opposition in the group. I mean, you know, I I, I always I'm disparaging about that. I, I always believe you beat what you're up against, and Dundee have done that remarkably well in terms of goals scored and, and the few conceded um, in, in that group stage. But to go and lose, you know, three two to Thistle, who will be one of their main challengers. You know, I mean, I, I think I said a call in a few weeks, but I wonder if a dark horse might be Queen's Park, given Willie Hockey's money um, there. But I, I still think, you know, that the challenge will come from the likes of a Thistle or an Inverness or, you know, or, 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 yeah, I, I mean, it. it's just, and that's a big, big psychological blow, to, to, you know, to, to lose that one, I think. So they really need to try and bounce back as quickly as possible. And that, will be difficult because it's Wraith on Saturday, you know, um, at Starks Park. So mm-hmm. Another th- team that's yeah. linked. linked this this is going there. to be um, just, a, a, you know, that league will be a tough, grind-out league. And, and and looking at, Dun- you know, kind of looking at Dundee's fixtures, um, they could very easily be in trouble within a few weeks. I mean, you know, they've got to go to Wraith. They've, they've then got Arbroath on the Friday night game. I mean, um, Dick Campbell, uh, yeah, can Arbroath pull off what they did last season? Who knows? I don't know. But they're certainly, they will certainly do very, very well again. Uh, I would expect to do very, very well. I mean, Arbroath, I think, are on the cusp of doing very decent things, re-establishing themselves as, 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 as a second kind of, a second tier club, if you want. I mean, the Premiership's probably arguably mm-hmm. beyond them on a lot on any kind of long term basis, but establishing themselves. So, you know, a race to come, a growth to come, Morton to come, air. I mean, it's just, there's a really tough run of fixtures there. Um, so, mm-hmm. you know, they, they need to find that forum uh, that they, they found in the sports, I still want to call it a league cup. You know, they still need to to to, to find that that forum mm. and 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 get a result. Um, they need to win on Saturday. Let's be blunt. They need to go to Starks Park and win the game. Yeah. I mean, Dundee should be by a mile, by a country mile, the favourites for this league this season. And I, I think they've got to come up there. Like, I mean, the club, the, you know, the, the the history of Dundee in recent times, the past couple of decades, have been a yo-yo club. Has has to be put behind them. They're still. You know, I mean, they're not as big a club as United anymore. We know that. I mean, United overtook them kind of, you know, 20 or 25 years ago in terms of the demographic, demographics of the city and reaching out beyond the city to the kind of, if you want, the Tay side, kind of even part of the Fife area where traditionally lots of Dundee support came from. Um, but they're still a big club. You know, outside of Celtic Rangers, Hibs, Hearts, Aberdeen and United, Dundee are still the best supporter club in the country. They still have a home core support that if they really get things motoring, they've got a home core of about four and a half, five thousand. They're in the pool at six and seven for big games. Um, and, and they need to get an, a sustained assault on that league. They need to get a sustained run. And, and they, you know, they've looked as though th- this might be the season with, with the players that, that, that have been signed. So, I mean, I think they need to kind of Maybe the the shock, the expectation of the first game in um, you know in the championship, but too much of them have been caught cold. If so, they'll have redoubled their efforts, I presume, in training uh, th- this week, and they need to come back with an almighty bang 
uh, and show the character and the desire and the hunger um, th- that will stand them a good step for the rest of the season. But they need they need to get a result. I think they need to get a result. I mean, and they've had good ones, you know, beating kind of four for that League Cup, beating Queen's Park, you know, uh, uh, Stranraer and all the rest of it. They, they look good in the pre-season against Blackburn. But to, to fall at the first hurdle just takes so much wind out the sails of Dundee fans who were who were starting to think, whoa, you know, could this be the season? Have we got something special? And it was very early days. Yeah. You know, I mean, it's it's early, early days. Uh, uh, and, you know, um, Ian McCall would have been, of course, desperate. Thistle. And Thistle have got a lot to prove as well. I mean, they're a full-time side as well. You know, no, no any mugs. But it's just such a disappointment for Dundee, particularly to be three down. But that said, it shows the character they've got to pull it back to 3-2. So there's something there. There's something there. Let's hope that, that you know, that, that what there is there kind of can turn it around. There's a couple of fundamental things that worry me about Dundee this season. And the first of them is, I think, Gary Boyer... This is what I, you probably hear the same as me, and the players are mm-hmm. really responding to him, really like him. I think our first Dundee manager for a good, possibly for a good wee while, where you can you can you get that vibe. You know, you're not getting anybody, you're not getting any wee noises coming out, thinking maybe you no, know, he's not the one type thing. Whereas you know, let's be honest, the Mark McGee, yeah. you were getting plenty of that. You know. James, James McPeak was a divider mm-hmm. of opinion as well. You know, so let, there's no need to go further back than that, but. But the worry I have is that as much as he looks at a very good manager and as good as Dundee could possibly have hoped to get as a championship team, yeah. you know, with the struggles that they've got and all the issues, he we sometimes, you know, you can you can downplay the sort of whole uh you know, knowing Scottish football and knowing the championship factor. I think it is a very important one. I think for all that you've You've got the coaching ability, the management ability, all the rest of it. I think until you're in a league, I think you you get you can get surprised by it. You don't know teams inside out, and I th- I think that will be a factor for Dundee certainly in the first round of fixtures, which is why I don't expect them. Which is why if they do win this league, it will be mm. I would bet that their second half of the season form would be stronger than their first half of the season form. So that that's one that's one big factor for me that isn't in their favour. The other concern for me is, and they can still change it around, we're not comparing it to Watson Johnson, but we're going back to this whole striker thing. I look at Dundee up front and I'm just not sure about them. And it worries me. Now, I'm not, I'm far from covering mm-hmm. seeing Dundee every week or even, you know, knowing the ins and outs of what Gary Boyer's saying. Maybe there's wee niggles or whatnot, but seeing Zach Rudden and Paul McMullen mm-hmm. on the bench would give me a wee bit of a, a scare because... A Dundee side in the championship, if they're going to go up, those two are going to need to be big players for them. Now, Zach Rudden wasn't, it was a gamble, wasn't it, for, for, for last season. Now, St. Johnson were, were kind mm-hmm. of in for him, Motherwell were kind of in for him, but Dundee put down big money. And, you know, this boy's on good, good wages. It's the first league game of the season and he's not starting, yeah. Jim. You know, and McMullen, another one who 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 was at times Dundee's real only real threat up front because of his pace not starting now that's 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 not good for no, me I, I, I remember when me. the sign of a sport a couple of people down in Edinburgh that knew him that knew him well and I have to say on, on the occasions I've seen him I like the I like the boy you know um he, he's got a good physical presence about him he's strong he's got the right attitude um he, you know he's quite aggressive and all the rest of it um but mainly 
lots of high hopes are, uh, had been expended on him um, when they've signed him. So you can at the moment, you know, you, you would be you'd be expecting him to be in the first team in and around there with Jakubiak. Yeah, that, where do the goals come from? Where does where does the provision come from? From well, from McGinn, you'd like to think. Um, you'd like to think that that McMullen, you know, would be featuring certainly, you know providing, you know, laying passes on and all the rest of it. But where are the goals coming from in the, in this division um, is the one that Gary Boyer has to to kind of find the key to. So, um, Rodden, we don't know. We don't know whether there was maybe an element of kind of maybe a slight niggle or something like that. Just, we, we don't, I mean, it did come on um, at the weekend, but they, they have to, they have to find, they have to find goals. I'm, I, I, I know what you mean um, about you know the, the Scottish game. The only, the only thing I would say there now is that you know more than ever the game is kind of it's global, national, international. Call it what you will, um, but um, at championship level, I think in particular, what what you really need is you know in an era where where you have software that can predict injury for players and 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 can you know break break everything down to analyze every single component of the game what none of that stuff can do is break down attitude desire hunger drive all of these things which are ultimately the component of a you know take skill at the stake skill we you know we assume that, that that's a given you know uh, the ability to trap pass and, and shoot and all the rest of it but all of those components are still the key elements of football from Dundee's level to Barcelona's level so you know um tactically you, you've got to get it right but what what has to be right is the attitude the desire and the hunger and the drive of that Dundee side. And now, you know, it, it looked as though in the, the build-up to it in, in the, the cup competition that Dundee had uh, had got the kind of, the, the fingerprint for, 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 for that. Um, but then, mm-hmm. you know, come the day um, in the big movie, um, it, it, you know, the, 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 it looked as though they kind of, the players forgot their lines, you know, mm-hmm. and fluffed their lines against Patrick mm-hmm. Thistle. So, um, you know, I think it's going to take, you know, Four, five, six games into the season, that's when you start to get a real feel for whether or not you, you tactically, you know, you, your managers are astute enough, um, whether the players are astute enough, kind of, you know, pick up and work the tactic, tactical kind of element that he wants. But ultimately, you'll find it very quickly in those kind of first half dozen games, whether you've got the kind of requisite skill levels and whether you've got the requisite drive and hunger and desire to to beat the opposition over the course um, of the season, um, so we'll be in a much better position to judge. Not just Dundee, you know, Saints and United that we've been talking about earlier on as well. Once we get kind of half a dozen games uh, under the belt, I mean, I wouldn't, you know, any team can go and lose three-two um, in their opening league game. Uh, that, that's that's you know that that's not unheard of by any manner of means, but it's very very disappointing and it's worrying, you know, to to be three down. Um, having gone into the start of the season with such positivity, that that would be worrying. Um, you, you would have to kind of hope that uh, in the, this week that's been available to them, they've sat down and they've ironed out many of the, the issues and the problems that were apparent on uh, last Saturday against this one. Good stuff, Jim. Well, that's us up and running for the season. And thank you very much for your company today. And thank you very much to everybody for listening. We'll be back next week with, with more of the same. Thank you. Bye-bye. If you like the podcast, we'd be grateful if you tell your pals about it, or even better, leave a review or a simple rating on iTunes, or wherever you find your podcasts. All that really helps people to find Talking Football, and that means a lot to us. Don't forget too to pick up your copy of The Courier Monday to Saturday, 
or go to thecourier.co.uk slash subscribe to find out how to get our award-winning sport, business and local journalism across Tayside and Fife in the way that's right for you. The Courier. Local matters.